Well, here we are. I forgot to add my sound to the last scene. Whatever. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. I hope you will enjoy it. We're going to have a lot of fun horror stories tonight. Um, we are going to um, just kind of take this as a mass. So we're not going to do our normal stuff. Uh, we're just going to, I'm going to introduce everybody and we are just going to start having fun telling stories, drinking a beer or a rum or whatever you've got. You guys tell stories in the chat, ask questions, have fun. This is all just about a party. All right. So tonight we have a fun panel of people. We've got Brittany Martin. We've Hi, got Chris Oliver. Hello. We've got Drew Bragg. The software Hello. wizard. We've got Andrew Mason. Hello. We have Colin Gilbert. Did I do that right? Hello. You got it right. Holy Scooby crap. Might be taking a trip to the taxidermy here soon. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Zach. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. How about you? I am fantastic. All right. Everybody excited to tell some creepy stories about their lives in programming. All right. So I know that you've got lots of fun, creepy stories, Brittany. And since this whole show was your idea in the first place, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I'm going to tell a story very early in my career. Uh, my first job out of college was at a call center, and you can imagine that was scary. Um, we had we had some software that was installed in the different stations, and basically that software mapped, you know, the computer to the phone. Well, we went to install an update across all the phones, and the mapping went wrong. So station 101 was actually mapped to station 110. You're like, okay, not so scary. Well, this older woman appears at my door and she goes, Brittany, there's a ghost in my phone. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and so meanwhile, the woman at station 110 is just happily sitting there and dialing her phone. And every person that she spoke to was getting replicated into station 101. And so Darlene <laughs> truly believed there were ghosts in her phone. Truly terrifying. Wow, an actual horror story. An actual horror story. That is fun. I like that. Um, Marco, Eric, welcome to the chat. How are you guys doing tonight? Hope you're enjoying this and having fun. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Um, so, who's got something else that's really good? Let's go. Speak up. Don't be shy. I'll start up. This is a um, more of a kind of a ghost in the machine instead of a horror story. Uh, when I was in high school, actually, I worked for a, a computer company. We built custom built machines. And one of the guys that had worked there for a couple of years, even before I ever started there, he was working on a machine, had it all put together, wouldn't start at all, which I mean, would happen on occasion. So he tried taking out the CPU, replaced the CPU, replaced the memory, replaced the graphics card, even pulled it all out and replaced the motherboard and still just wouldn't work. So he pulled it all out, and, and the power supply also, whatever, everything you could think of. So he pulled everything out, got the original stuff, and put it in a different case, and then it worked perfectly fine. So even having replaced the power supply and even the motherboard, like people are like, well, maybe it was shorting against the case, but it's like he replaced that. So what were the chances he had, I don't know, seated the motherboard wrong twice in a row, but yeah. So that was the case of the bad computer case. 
And after that happened, that case sat in the corner and just nobody ever touched it. <laughs> it sat there for a very long time, too. <laughs> it was cursed, imagine. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. See, I didn't actually expect to hear actual ghost stories tonight, but <laughs> this is going well so far. I'm loving it. All right. Um, so we are going to have a little competition for chat. Chat, who can tell me what costume Zach is wearing? I'll let you go for a little while on that. <laughs> See what you come up with. All right, here we go. Who's next? Who's got some good stories? I'll go. I got one. All right. um, so my first job, um, we, that was hosted on uh, Render. I had never used Render before, and we wanted to get a staging environment set back up. So I volunteered to do it. Uh, I worked on it for a couple of days, and I was hoping to get it done by the end of the week. I didn't, so I was like showing my manager like, where I had gotten and it was this was a Friday of course so I was like you know uh before the weekend hits I'm gonna like suspend all the services so it's not like sitting there running over the weekend and we don't get billed for it uh meanwhile I had been doing some other stuff on the production side of things so I had that open in a separate tab so uh I went to go suspend the staging services uh you can guess what buttons I, I hit and suspended uh so I didn't notice it at first so I was like cool. You know, I feel good about where I'm at here. Suspend, suspend, suspend everything. And I like sat back and I was like, all right, the weekend's here. And like <laughs> a second later, I had a real Zoics moment. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, what tab am I on? I like scrolled all the way to the top and it was like prod. And I was like, oh boy. And like <laughs> within like 30 seconds, my manager was like, hey, um, you said you were suspending some services, right? And I was like, yeah, I know I'm on it. He was like, yeah, production's down. And I was like, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but thankfully, it was just like suspended. And like within like maybe 15 or 20 minutes, everything was back up. We didn't really lose anything. I didn't like drop a database or anything. But I thought for sure I was on my way to check that box uh, early on in my career. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's. That'll make you lose sleep. <laughs> that's anyone... uh, oh, that's press. a box that I've checked in my first Rails job. We were like, so I was working at this little agency. Uh, there was like, I don't know, five or six people that I worked with. And uh, I don't know, got given some project that wasn't like syncing from some API properly. And I don't know anything about this project. It's like an e-commerce site. And they like, I think they sold like diamonds or something. And so I'm like sent off to go debug this script that's like not syncing properly. Um, so I'm running that script and assuming that it's like safe to run. And I'm like trying to replicate it. So I run it in production. And apparently one of those things that it does is drop the database and uh oh. restores it from the api or something it was really weird it wasn't very uh you know well designed but yeah i'm like going to debug something and then like all of a sudden everything's gone and i'm like oh no and they didn't really tell me anything about this that like it has all of the data from some other system so like it wasn't actually a terrible thing that i lost the whole database but it was like really freaked me out and i didn't know what 
anything about the project. So I couldn't restore the database. I think we had backups, but like someone else had to do that for me because I didn't know anything about what it was trying to do. I was like, just trying to see what was going wrong. And uh, yeah, that one, uh, that one will give you some, uh, you know, PTSD if you, if you do that. And especially bit. when it's like, yeah, uh, you dropped the database and uh, you also don't know how to fix it and restore it. That's not fun. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. The old GitLab moment, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. Now I'm going to lose sleep just thinking about that story. Um, hey, Aaron. Welcome to the chat, man. Glad you made it. Um, all right. Who's got something? Ruh-roh, -ru Raggy. I've, uh, I've got <laughs> real horror for you if you're oh. ready for it. Oh, yeah. bring it. Bring it, man. All right. I it, there was some gem in this uh, company's like organization that we were using that we had forked from another repository and we were using it something related to S3. I didn't know what it was. I was uh, working on the code base one day and I ran into a bug with this gem, and I was like, "Oh well, I think it's just because of this and this, and I could just pop in and upgrade it." And I go to start like making these changes. And after I'm done, I'm like, well, while I'm here, I'm going to be a good steward of this gem that we are taking care of and uh, make sure the readme is up to date. And when I open the readme, that is where I found a set of keys. Um, keys to a very big cloud provider. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Why Why would these like keys be in here? I'm sure they're nothing. Um, but I was like, I, something kept nagging me in the back of my head. I was like, you know what? Because earlier that day, they had asked us if we are GDPR compliant, to which I had said, I don't think so. But they were they were like, we want to be. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. And I find myself three hours later um, logging into the production box, checking on the environment variables, and discovering that these keys I just located in this repository in the readme that no one had looked at in a long time or the production S3 keys. Oh. Just hanging out right on the readme. That's gross. <laughs> the the real horror is that we did not rotate the keys. Okay, the, so that's like not psychological After horror. After it happened, you didn't <laughs> rotate? Oh. Nope. That's a scary <laughs> one. I just know how to find them. <laughs> it's getting ready there to say that's more like the Friday the 13th it, type gruesome horror, yes. but then not rotating them? That's, oh. Yep. Ouch. So, was that a public repository? No. Okay. But well, that makes it better, but better, yeah, but still, still should have been rotated. I am uh I don't operate under the assumption that everything in my private repos can't one day get out. So yeah. yeah. That is scary to find that stuff. Even if it's only internal, it's still scary to see it when you didn't mean to for it to be there. That's yikes. Yep. Um, all right, before we get on to our next horror story, I just wanted to, to make a little PSA. When Brittany brought up this idea for doing this Halloween Horror Stories show, one of the reasons that I really, really liked it is because I know that on, like, like Andrew and Code with Julie recently did a, a Code for All, or Ruby for All episode with, um, about imposter syndrome and, and juniors thinking, you know, I, I, being so scared of making mistakes and stuff. And I just wanted them to see that I don't care how long you've been doing this. If you make a mistake, I can almost guarantee you one of us on this panel has made that mistake in our career. 
So don't be scared to go out there and make, I mean, don't try to make mistakes, right? Don't try to put your company out of business, but you know, it's okay to make mistakes. We all do it. Um, so who's got another fun, juicy horror story for us? This goes on to the um, like first couple of weeks on the job and doing something horrible. It was my second week on the job, and I was tasked with uh, organizing where they were. They were we were using subversion still, um, and I was tasked with reorganizing some of the way they had the repositories set up. Uh, um, so I had like I had replicated the repositories in case I messed something up, and then uh, so I was messing around. I was logged in on the production one and then the replica server or the backup server, I was on there messing around with it so I could just fix it if I messed it up. Um, so I was trying different things and I was, I kept like wiping it and then restoring it to try different things. And then I made the mistake of wiping the subversion repositories from the production server. Uh, and keep in mind, this is my second week on the job. So. <laughs> So I was far enough in my career where I swallowed my pride. I, I I sat there for about five, maybe ten minutes. But then I I talked to my manager, and then she told me just to talk to a couple other people, and we were able to get backups. And I think after we looked at it, there were like seven or eight commits that were missing that we were able to figure out. And so it it wasn't too bad because it, luckily it got backed up like every hour or something like that. But well, if you're trying to hunt for the commits, is that a great way to meet your other team members? I think I might have deleted your stuff. Like, could you tell me? Also, hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> the reason I'm asking you, right? is because... <laughs> like, I, no reason. I'm just curious. What are you up to? <laughs> this is what I do the second week on the job. You don't happen to have a list of the PR numbers you've submitted in the past oh, month. Do you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, I'll go with one, actually, because this wasn't actually me screwing up, but it was a hell of a horror story, and in in hindsight, it was pretty funny. So, one of the places I used to work, we had we, we built um, add-ins for Office, right? So, we did desktop stuff, but, um, hey, Matthias, welcome, welcome. Hope you have fun tonight. Um, so... But part of that, we actually had a web front end that would uh, handle the login stuff, right? So when you when you logged into this product, it would log in. You could register through it. You could get your licensing from it and all this stuff, right? This was back in the day when a lot of companies still had their servers in-house. So, of course, we had this login server in-house, and it was fairly old. I mean, this was an old system, and we were in the process of of going to um, more web-based stuff, right? So we were migrating, but we still had this old registration system. And sitting there coding one day, and we uh, started getting calls from customers saying, hey, I can't log in. What? You know, it's been working for years. I mean, you know, this thing is rock solid, never had a problem with it. And we get to look at it, and I go to the login site, back into the login site and I'm like I can't even access the site what the hell's going on so my boss comes running into my room the CEO comes running into my my office and he's like oh my god we got a problem we got we're getting the phones are getting lit up and nobody can log in and I'm like holy crap what's going on well we had an IT guy named Andy 
kind of new. Um, we go running down the hallway to the to the IT office, and there's just a chair spinning in the office, and we hear the back door slam. And I'm like, where the hell is Andy? What's going on? There's just this chair spinning in the office. And I'm like, oh, crap. So we had to get backups out and pull backups. And he had apparently, it, it ended up not being too bad, but he had apparently, because it was on a Windows server, he had accidentally drugged the database folder and moved it to somewhere else. And it disconnected all the the web stuff. And I was like, oh, boy, that's not... Not cool, but but dude, come back. You're not fired for that. We all goof things sometimes. It's cool. But I just thought it was funny as hell. We go around the corner and there's just a chair spinning in the middle of the office. Oof. For my technical support calls back years ago when I was doing a bunch of technical support, I can't tell you how many times deleted files were recovered simply by looking to find where folders were drugged. They were never deleted, only moved. So thanks, Microsoft. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. Who's got another one? Who's got something? Drew, I know you got something. I got, yeah, I, I, I got a couple. I got one that's about me. Not first week on the job, like a few weeks ago. Um, eight months, but uh, working on Rails upgrades at work, going from 5.0 to 5.1 and somehow missed somewhere, something got changed with how HTML is handled going into um, our mailer system. I didn't flag a couple of strings as HTML safe, somehow missed checking them in all of our testing. QA missed it, everyone missed it until it went live. And I get an alert at like two in the morning that like, I don't know, 150 emails probably went out that all were just raw HTML, not actually formatted. People are like, what is this? This is supposed to be a pretty email and instead it's just garbly gook. And yeah, so not first week on the job, staff engineer at a company doing a Rails <laughs> upgrade. There you go. Yep. In some states that's considered hacking. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell, uh, I'll. I'll confess my sins too from not too long ago because I, I really do want juniors who happen to be watching this show to know that, you know, we, we all goof it. And some of us can goof it really badly. Like when I was, um, we had upgraded to Rails 3.1 and I missed some things in there. And so there was a lot of problems over the weekend, over a weekend where there were a lot of things going on at big clients and, and events and things and stuff wasn't working because I had missed some stuff in three, one. Okay. That's bad enough. Right. But then I get in there and I make a patch and I test it and I'm going, yeah, got it. We can fix this. We can be superheroes. And I go to patch the production system and put the wrong freaking PR in there and completely shut down our production system for about 15 minutes. So, now, keep in mind, juniors that are watching this, I've been doing this for 25 years. This happened three months ago. So, you, when you screw it up, don't worry. It happens. 
I've got another one. You know, I, I've definitely had my screw ups at my current job, but a lot of my favorite screw ups are from my last job where I worked for a uh, nonprofit in the arts. Um, when I got there, they had forked a very popular CMS in the Rails community that was abandoned in Rails 2 called Radiant CMS. And it was this whole thing. So they had forked it and repaired it and upgraded it to Rails 4. And then they had sent like an email to the maintainer and they're like, hey, look what we did. We upgraded to four. And he's like, you didn't commit it back to this. And so, I mean, he was irate. So that that's one part of it. So now I'm maintaining this Rails engine in Rails 4. Nobody knows about it. It's open source. And by open source, I mean, it's, you know, you can find it. And it's just me and my coworker working on it 40 years. And then somebody found it. And it was somebody who was diehard. They loved Radiant. And every single thing that we did on that repository going forward, he was commenting. He was adding his input. He became like our customer. We were genuinely being haunted by this person. He was in Australia, <laughs> didn't know him at all, but like it became like a running gag, like in our team. Because we would be oh making things, I mean, you know, the longer we're working on it, the more it's not radiant anymore, right? Like it becomes its own thing. But um, yeah, Dean, Dean continues to haunt. I, I checked with my coworker who still works there and she's like, yep, he's he's still active and in there. So we, we love open source, but just the, the one haunting was, you know, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. That's just funny. I'm glad Our some people knew what radiant was. I, I feel oh, yeah. very validated. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I spent a long time dealing with that because we were, were trying to bring up some CMS stuff um, in another job that I had, and and that's one of the things that I was looking at was Radiant. Um, ended up that project just kind of petered out, but you know, bigger fish to fry, I suppose. Um, Kintastic, did he add the production keys to the README too? <laughs> God, I hope not. That would suck. Um, all right, so I know I know we've got more horror stories we can tell, and I want to hear some more, but let's take a brief break, and I just want to get people's kind of thoughts on when you were new developers and you were making these mistakes, what kind of things did you take away from those with for your career and your attitudes as a developer? I mean, I'm still early on in my career and I'll just say like, I, I just told myself, oh, like, it's going to be okay. You know, like it's not going to be the end of the world, no matter what happens. Uh, I also learned not to keep two tabs open on the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, there was that. <laughs> uh, I had, oh, I'm sorry, Rudy. Oh, um, yeah, you go for it. I had a boss who like first day was like, listen, Everybody makes mistakes, and I don't care how bad of a mistake you make. We're not going to fire you unless, you know, extenuating circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, for most mistakes, like, if you make it on accident, we just want to fix it. He's like, so whatever happens, just let us know as quickly as possible. So I never had a major mistake there, but for the few times I goofed or, like, you know, deleted some records by accident or this or that, um, it was – I would always just tell someone immediately – and I think that that habit of like just reaching out immediately when I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm freaking out has served me well, like going into the future of like, 
not being afraid to be like, Hey, I need help. I'm like stuck and just not being ashamed about it. I look at it from, you know, I am the manager now. And so, um, we hired a cohort of juniors roughly a, a year and a half ago, and we celebrated and tracked when each of them would bring down production. And my proudest thing is I can tell you when and how all three of them have brought down production, but they couldn't tell you because I made it such a minor thing that they, they would have no recollection of how they did it. And one of my juniors was in particular, very sensitive about just burnout and like pressure and whatnot. And every single one-on-one we had, we would end it where we would repeat to each other. It's just software. And sometimes you really just need to hear that because it is, it's just software. We're very lucky that we work in a profession profession where rolling back something is not crazy. It's not, it's not ideal, but it's not crazy. Yeah. I have to remind myself of something similar to that. I take making mistakes hard still. Like I don't like to screw up. I kind of like, ah, what are you doing? But like I was in the army you make a mistake there, that's people's lives. And I kind of remind myself like, okay, yeah, we have to roll back this deployment or like emails went out and it was raw HTML. No one died. No one got shot. No one's bleeding out. Like it's a good day. So it's, it's just software is a good one. Like we all make mistakes. Those of us who've been doing this for a long time have made a lot of mistakes. That's why we're in the positions we're at because we learn best from our mistakes, but yeah, it's just software. I I always look also, what can I learn from it? Like what practice can I start doing to prevent this thing from happening again? Just to throw in like a a minor little quick horror story is that whenever you try running a delete SQL statement for the first time and you inadvertently delete an entire table because you don't have a where statement in there, that teaches you to perhaps do a select with a where statement. So you can say, okay, this is what's going to be deleted. And then you do the delete. <laughs> should should we get a roll call for everybody that's done that before? I, I, well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Zach knows I don't go in console and delete things. I, yeah. I make him do it. <laughs> I've I've done it. I went into the Rails console, deleted stuff, thought I was in sandbox mode, popped out, was not in sandbox mode. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you trust sandbox Same. mode because like I, I I can't do it. Okay, Andrew, you don't, I don't... trust sandbox mode. <laughs> I don't anymore, but <laughs> I, I go into sandbox mode, even if I'm just like querying for stuff, like just searching around, oh, like I'm in sandbox mode as like my safety net, but I'm not deleting that way. No, no, no. Um, if I'm deleting, I'm on a zoom call with someone else who can watch me do everything and be like, are we sure? Are we a hundred percent sure? You double check this. Great. Click panic attack. All right. Everything's fine. Yeah. I guess I'm more of a cowboy coder than I thought because I just will hang out in production just to see what's going on. <laughs> oh, I see spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of read only time in production. Sure. But I'll write if I'm feeling expressive that day, you know, uh, <laughs> delete yeah. if I'm sad, you know, sometimes things got to go. I don't know. Don't okay. Rockstar. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, but we've got something in common there. So there we go. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> but yeah. And you know, one of the things that I always tell myself is the only time you ever fail is if you don't learn. You, I mean, mistakes happen to everybody. The only time you will ever fail is if you don't learn something. So 
yeah, if you screw up, just tell people. Because I will tell you now, you're junior and you've never been in a management position. When you're in a management position and something bad happens with the, that affects your customers, the only thing the manager wants to do is fix the problem for the customers. So the more information they can get from you, the happier they are. They aren't thinking about, oh, I'm going to fire his butt. They're thinking about, I need all the information to get this fixed. That's all I want, right? So just step up, you know, put on your big kid pants. Say, here's the information I have. Sorry, screwed up. Because I guarantee you every manager has screwed up too. So they're not going to just, you know, look down on you or something. They may yeah, take you aside managers. and try to teach you, you know, here's here's a process you should you should employ so that we don't have these kind of things. But, yeah. And if you, if you do get one that yells at you if you step up to admit to mistakes, I, I would suggest finding another place to work because that's a crappy manager. Um, I guess I should tell Chris this now since he can't yell at me in front of everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Daryl <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Legion, welcome to the show. Hello from the – I'm sorry, I don't know that flag. Who can tell me that flag? Come on. Pop quiz, everybody on Zoom. What flag is that? So I know where he's from. Yeah, Eric, where clauses are good. <laughs> Rail C YOLO. Love it. Nobody knows the flag? All right, somebody, some, you're going to have to tell us, Daryl. What's the flag? I know, I know a few flags, but that one's, that one's not one that I know. Philippines. Philippines. Awesome. I a, sorry, I didn't have a YouTube pulled up. Oh. Well, welcome, Daryl. Glad to have you here. From way over in the Philippines. Wow, that's a time shift. All right. Um, actually, I think it's tomorrow over there, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, Philippines. Way to go, Andrew. It should be tomorrow early, early morning. In Europe, I think almost. Andrew, almost you win the internet. You knew the flag. Sweet. I've always wanted to win the internet. All right. Um. All right. More horror stories. Who's got something? I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this. is kind of a repeat because we talked about this in a previous uh, episode, but I did something similar to Colin, except they don't offer it in two tabs because in AWS, when you're managing your instances, it's all in one tab. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times your staging servers are there along with your production servers. And, you know, I was clicking around, looking at different servers, looking at configuration. And I said, okay, it's time to terminate the server. So I scrolled down and I clicked the little checkbox next to the server. Well, that doesn't uncheck any other servers you were previously looking at, or at least this happened a couple of years ago, at least previous iterations of AWS. So when I go to terminate the instance, I inadvertently terminated that one. And then another service that a server that should have not been terminated. Oops. Just bringing down said system and me having to restore from backup. Yikes. So now I've come to understand the way, in terms of learning things, come to understand, hey, there's a term termination protection tab, and hey, you need to review exactly what's being deleted and other best practices to prevent it from happening, but yes. All right. Anybody else got more, more horror stories? I got, got one related a... to witches. 
Ooh, let's hear that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not that great. <laughs> Sounds good. This this is the case of again, I was at the performing arts organization and we were getting ready for a big pre-sale for Wicked. So that's where my witch comes in there. And so there were three different ways that you could sell tickets. You could have people print at home and print at home is obviously the ideal situation. We're not paying for the ink. You're printing at home. It's cool. Um, or you could, we can mail them to you or you could pick them up at the box office. Well, we had a terrible problem with ticket resellers. They want to print at home so they don't have to deal with us. And so I put in this amazing conditional that would uh, stop ticket resellers from being able to print at home, except my code was messed up. And when we had this $1 million presale for Wicked, print at home did not appear for anybody. I thought the box office was going to murder me, uh, just alone in the amount of paper that I probably cost us. So that one still haunts me to this day. Eek. Uh, Chris, I, I, I saw something brewing there a little bit ago. I got, uh, I got a fun one. It, I was the cause of this, but at the job where I, uh, dropped the production database, we would have like, I forget. We had some like meetup that we started to do at the office that was called code until dawn. So we would just like, after it was like Saturday nights or Friday nights, we would like hang out with whoever wanted to show up and like work on projects till morning. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. But my boss like is a DJ on the side. And he, so he like started to like DJ from our like office iMac during those. And we'd have like food and drinks and whatever. And so after he did that a couple times, I like plugged in my wireless mouse on the iMac and then sat across the room with the, the mouse next to my laptop like it was plugged into my machine, but it wasn't. So my, my boss would go over there and like cue up some music to play. And I'd like jiggle the mouse just like ever so slightly just to mess with him. And he'd think it was like, you know, some Bluetooth connection issue and stuff. And then like we would, I think we enabled SSH so I could like go do stuff and like open windows and switch it to playing Justin Bieber when he didn't want that and whatever. And he was just like, at first, like you could tell he was like, oh, something's something's broken on this machine. And then over time, he just starts getting like slowly more and more and more frustrated. And he like is looking around the room like, who the hell is doing this? And we're just like heads down, like pretending to code and whatever for like several hours, just like haunting him. And eventually he like spots us laughing or something and like figured it out. But we were just like always doing little pranks like that uh, on him because, you know, it was fun. What else were we going to do? But yeah, doing a little haunting is always fun. Oh, do you ever make progress on projects like going until like, like, <laughs> no it usually just became like we would hang out and just chat about stuff for hours and hours and then eventually it would be morning and and eventually we uh like it did originally go to like 7 a.m almost every time but over time uh we like were joking that it was code until yawn because people would start going home at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. when they were tired. So Everyone it like it. lost its pizzazz. But we did like in the first few times, like 
lots of Red Bull and Monster or whatever, and just like sitting, like go build stuff that you were like, huh, I don't know if I, I can even build this idea, but let's try it. And it was fun to have other people around just working on stuff that you were in the energy of, of all those other people doing cool things. And, and you're new and you're like, I don't know, maybe I can build something. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, and I think that's, that's kind of a good, good story too, to kind of illustrate the, Hey, let's just see what I could do. Just try it. Just go, just yeah. do something, yeah. you know, I, I may completely screw it up. Of, so what? I'll learn something. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the things I I feel like I learned the most with was like, I don't know how IRC works. Let me just like use pure Ruby and connect to IRC myself through TCP and see how it works. And then I get booted with their like ping pong and you're like, oh, I guess I need to go implement that. And you just like, I don't know if it's possible to build an IRC bot, but I'll try it and see. <laughs> and like, you'll learn a ton, so. Yeah, I miss I miss some of those days because I would just build like fun things and just mess with stuff. And it wasn't like I didn't have to worry about production things or like bugs and whatever else. It was never like high stakes or it didn't even have to work ever. It was always just kind of like, a, I wonder if I can, you know, recreate this thing that other people have built. And it's, yeah, a good way to learn things, I felt like. Yeah, you're just playing with Legos. Exactly. IRC was an extremely helpful learning tool for me. Yeah, it's a really good one. Like, I uh, I remember because I I was doing it in Python um, originally, so I like connected to IRC and they kicked me out, and then I like fixed that, and then I can stay connected and whatever. But I I realized at that point I was trying to like, you know, that every command in IRC is the, you know join or direct message or whatever like all the the like commands there and i was like oh i wish i could take the string and call a method with the same name and i was like <laughs> teaching myself metaprogramming and i didn't know what that was or anything and it was just something i like happened to discover because originally it was like this massive if statement and it's all like this duplicated nonsense and i'm like it'd be real nice if i could just say here's the string find a method with the same name and go call that and then i'm learning ruby and i'm like oh that's like really easy to do in ruby so it's funny how like sometimes you stumble into those like core core things you don't even have a, a, a word for it yet but you can like know the concept you may not know how to talk about it but you know it's there so it was yeah. fun very cool uh chat so we want to hear from you too if you've got any horror stories to tell, tell us the, the worst thing that ever happened to you in your development life. What was the scariest thing to go down? Uh, put your stories in the chat. We'll read those out. And in the meantime, who else has something? Something fun to share. I'll, I'll share uh, two really quick ones, and then I'll get to like my, my real one. Okay. The first one is like live coding in front of Chris for the first time. Terrified. Terrified. I was terrible. Feet to the fire, you know? I was terrible. A total deer in the headlights <laughs> thing. Yep. So that, uh, and then the first screencast I put out uh, with GoRails, uh, that was scary too. Uh, true horror story moments. I kind of let, let it go. And I'm like, I'm not even going to look and see what anybody says about it for a, a week or two, you know? Uh, and everybody said good things. 
which was nice. I appreciate that. Um, but the the real one I was gonna say is that my last job, I spent like a whole sprint working, and this was like a I think we were doing like three week sprints actually at that time. So it's like three weeks I spent working on this feature, and I finally got it all buttoned up and it was good to go. And like I could have launched it at the end of the the sprint, and it's like I there was some uh, I added some columns to some tables, so I had to you know run some migrations and stuff. And it seems like it all went fine. And then next thing you know, like things are just falling down left and right. Cause it's like undefined column, you know, on this table, like doesn't have a method defined name that. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So I'm like in production, like checking out the, you know, uh, rails DB migrate status. It says it's up. Let me run it again. See what happens. Nope. Let me roll back, run it again. Now I'm like doing all these things. Nothing's working. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm trying to figure it out. I have nobody to go to at that time. I was kind of by myself uh, then. And uh, eventually I figured out that there was like some caching going on, like with the schema. So just in uh, render, I just had to like clear the build build cache and redeploy. And that worked. But I had like a horrifying moment where I was like, I just spent three weeks of company time working on something that like I can't fix and put out there. They, they were going to kill me. Uh, but again, uh, it was all all right in the end. <laughs> That's good. And you learned something, right? Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, Matthias, some months ago, I retried on Sidekick 150,000 old failed jobs from 2016. It, oh, God, it consumed the email quota for the month. Yikes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm really tempted to say, why awesome. would you do that? <laughs> but kind of awesome. I agree. But yeah, I mean, that's just clearing out Redis. I mean, that seems like you're being a good friend. Yeah, I mean, I, that's. I, I've got a related one. Uh, actually, two. One was I was I was newer on the team, and thankfully I didn't have to deal with this. But we were all about to walk out of the office for the day, and then the office secretary, as we were walking out, literally walking out the door, she's like, "Hey, I'm getting a." bunch of emails from one of the applications and we were like okay and we started to like continue or on our on our way out the door and she's like no but like a lot of notifications <laughs> and so we turned back around and it was it was one of those jobs that was about to like send out you know hundred thousand emails in the course of like an hour or two so seen that but my favorite one was um new on a job looking around in development trying to figure out how things work and, you know, I'm just running some jobs, like, you know, just seeing what's happening in Sidekick. And I'm like, why did I just get an email? And wait, but there's more. And so that's the day I discovered that the production mail keys were being used in development. Oh. And it was sending emails um, like it would. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Kintastic says, typical for me is to make changes and wonder why nothing seems to change or stick until I realize I'm looking at the deployed app instead of localhost 3000. Yeah, I, I derp out like that quite quite often myself. <laughs> think I'm looking at one bars, thing and navbar colors. That's my way for that. You just set a different navbar color for each uh, each environment. You're good to go. We actually implemented that at Texas. I love that. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm in staging. And I'm like, why is this orange? I'm like, oh, I am in staging. That's comforting. <laughs> like, yeah. And if you yeah. uh, if you want to level up, you can in Safari now. You can set like theme color, and it will actually set like the whole like top bar of Safari to be that color. So you can you could do that too to get like a really nice 
um, like, hey, be aware of where you're at right now. I implement that with the Rails Council as well. So if you're in production, it's prefixed with production in red. And then staging and like review ups and stuff like that are different also. Yeah, I used to do some things like that so in our stage. So you can configure the Rails console to do that differently? Yep. Oh, OK. I forget. I think it's like pry underscore PS0 and PS1 or PS1, PS2, something like that. Uh, Lynn Shug, welcome to the chat. Um, AR callbacks are the stuff of nightmares. Been bitten by the same after update three times now. I was just fighting with that this week at work. We, I had to disconnect like three models worth of callbacks because those bloody things are like the worst thing that's ever been invented ever in the history of mankind. <laughs> I hate them so much. Zach, would you say we do callbacks or we, we're like super anti-callback, right? Yes, um, I have a firm belief that callbacks are okay, but whatever they're doing should never like leave that model itself. Yeah. 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 Callbacks are sharp knives. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're really cool sometimes, but they can be yeah. they can be incredibly helpful. But if you're just like throwing them in your models for shits and giggles, they can wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. here's a horror like a few a few weeks ago someone an unnamed person told me to go remove a bunch of callbacks and three days later we put them all back and because we were like this just uh it's just not working out like the things we're having to do it's outrageous um callbacks are good actually they can was be in certain data like what was it doing no it was i i it was it wasn't even that complicated it was just like because of like the state of things if if we didn't have that callback we would have to call this method um every single place we were calling save and we actually couldn't figure out every place that was because of like um associated saves that were like you know other models triggering it to save and if you if we couldn't call this method then things were going to be messed up messed up so it was like callback is fine actually let's just uh let's just forget the past three days uh nothing happened here and move on well, and one of the problems too is when you get when you use callbacks for a long period of time, they get so interwoven in what's going yeah. on that you just can't extract them at some point without kind of you know just throwing the whole code base away and starting from scratch. Um, but and I mean they do have some uses, but they should be very minimalized when you're doing stuff. And like you said, Zach, they just shouldn't leave the model. That's... Yeah, as soon as they start reaching out to other stuff, then you're you have this huge gigantic maze of this calls this model, this model calls this model, and then before you know it, they're circling back to the original model. Yeah. Um, uh, so Linz, yeah. <laughs> I think we all agree with you. That's the stuff of nightmares. Um all right, so I think we've got time for one more story. Anybody got one more to share to make the juniors feel like it's okay? No, well, that's all the all the uh, problems we've I've, ever had. I've in got our one, but it's not under that heading. It's just a simple one. Okay. Yeah, go for it, Custom. Yeah, I'm gonna put so, Scooby on in the meantime. So I used to work for a nonprofit. Uh, well, a number of nonprofits. And 
suddenly someone came to me and said, we got a big problem. And like so many things now go out via email, but there's still a lot of mails, mail that goes out. And files are requested of the IT department to generate reports to send out mass mailings to. We're talking like 10,000 letters or 20,000 letters. And apparently a list that was meant to go to for this solicitation went to the invitation for this other one. So basically they got crossed and we're saying, oh my gosh, did we do a problem? Did we produce the right you know, thing? But it ended up being actually the mailhouse that accepted the file and the template of who's supposed to and where that mailing is supposed to go got crossed. So basically that's the same type of risk that can happen where you send the wrong piece of material to the wrong person. Oh, yeah. I've done that a few times. Meant to send it to this thing and then it gets out to the wrong person and you're like, oh, that's that's embarrassing. That's that might cost a customer relationship. That's that's not cool. Oops. Um, I've got one where we set up this kind of awkward way of doing policy checking for the navigation menu. Depending on your roles, different menu options would show up and it worked totally fine. And then we were doing a Rails upgrade and everything worked totally fine. As soon as we deployed it, everybody's yelling at us. Like production doesn't work whatsoever. All of us literally log into production. Everything shows up perfectly fine. We click all the different buttons in the menu. Everything works totally fine. For nobody, nobody else, it works at all. Well, all of us had it admin works on access. my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of us had admin access. So it kind of the policy check kind of bypassed because you're an admin. But something had changed in the upgraded Rails version. And I, the way the policy checking was set up in the menu, like it was comparing like a string compared to the actual route string that was for the menu item, but just something in the rails update caused it to be extremely slow going through the menu so yeah even in all of our testing because we all had the admin role nobody ever noticed it and so production was down for a little while while we tried to figure out how to we didn't want to roll back but we had to fix the menu because it broke everything so <laughs> everyone's so an admin rough. now Go Just give console. them all the keys. It's fine. Uh, Fourteen callbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's rough when you do a large transition, like a major Rails upgrade, and like trying to roll that back. Yeah, that's, that's hard. That's that's a big oof moment. <laughs> I think I'm on vacation now. Uh, J. Henry Hargrove, welcome. Uh, my sons would go bonkers if I woke them up in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Rut row, Raggy. <laughs> Mitchell, welcome. Thanks for doing this tonight. It was great to hear everyone's horror stories and lessons learned. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad that was useful. Hopefully, I mean, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, um, and and thank you, Brittany, for suggesting this topic, is um, to to make junior programmers who are trying to learn and, and trying to get into this industry 
to not be scared. I mean, you've just witnessed that a bunch of really smart people have all done really derp things in their career, and it's fine. You know, we, we, we're all still doing it. We're all still, well, not as many derp things anymore, but we're all still programming. We all still have careers, um, you know, and we've, we've, I, I would say most of us have probably brought down production one or two or 12 times in our careers. We're not dead. So don't be scared to, to go in there and, and just be bold about stuff and learn things and try stuff. And if you screw up, just say, yeah, I screwed up. Here's what I learned. And it's okay. Um, so I, I thank you guys so very much for joining us tonight. Um, this was a, a wonderful show. I had a, just a fantastic time. Um, and I, I really do want to try to do things like this again, because it's just a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys had fun being here. Um, and thank you chat for being so active. That makes the shows even more fun when we can talk to you, you folks too. Um, so we do appreciate you being here and appreciate all the chats that you give us. Um, we will be back next Wednesday. Um, thankfully, Jason Charns pulled my butt out of a fire because I got so busy with work, I completely forgot to book guests for November. So he saved me, and we now have a somebody to bring on and do a show with us. Uh, we'll be talking about, hey, where do you put your business logic in a Rails app? Because that seems to be an open question and has been for 20 years. So we'll discuss that tomorrow. Um, you just put it in the model, right? Just right into the model. Class. Yeah, man. But put it all in one model. Yeah. You don't split oh, it yeah. between and one right? callback. Yes, yes. One callback. One callback. Um, so, as long as you keep the controller skinny. That's right. Yes. Don't ever put anything in the controller. Put it in one model. Um so anyway, we should have some fun with that. Tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, I will be on with Code with Chris. We'll be working on our Funsies side project that is basically just for everybody to learn and have fun and and PR and practice stuff. Um, so, you know, come join me for that. Um, you can do whatever you want to with that project uh, because there is no danger that anybody's ever going to care. It's just for fun. So... Um, yeah, come join me, and we will learn together and have fun together and and just be together. Um, we will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time here for Rubber Duck Dev Show with Jason Charns. And if you guys did enjoy this, uh, follow, like, subscribe, throw some comments in, just mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. You know how that goes. Uh, and, hey, until next time, happy programming. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween.